0: Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this Argus Media Podcast. I'm your host, Nicolas Ganas, Business Development Manager of Oil Products um, Europe at Argus here in London. Our guest of honor today is uh, Dirk Kronmeier, CEO and founder of the Good Energy Group and Good Fuels, uh, a well-known biomarine fuel supplier. Dirk, thank you very much for joining us and accepting our invitation. Very much gladly to be here in the show, uh, Nicholas. All right, thank you. Well, let, let's start from the beginning. Uh, can you explain some of the background behind Good Fuels and uh, how it has evolved since uh, its inception, I believe, in 2015? Sure. Actually, my original background is in
1: aviation. Uh, I was uh, a, a manager at... KLM Royal Dutch Airlines and uh, from that company we founded the first industry party for sustainable jet fuel uh, which is still a uh, one of the market leaders today and uh, sustainable jet fuel is a tough product to make and we were uh, we had a lot of batches that were not meeting the required spec and we were looking for outlets where we could basically uh, get get rid of this uh, of this of this product and this is how we uh, ended up with marine uh, where KLM Royal Dutch Airlines was our core uh, client on the aviation side this was Boscalis on the marine side uh, Royal Dutch Boscalis is a big global uh, marine engineering company, a lot of dredging, et cetera, more than a thousand vessels. And they came to us and said, listen, what you're doing for KLM, could you please also do this for the marine sites? And this is how we just almost uh, out of uh, solving a, a problem, landed on an opportunity and we started supplying uh, Boschats. And uh, that was our entry in the marine market We were also quite surprised, and it was the time, 2015, that it was all about LNG. Uh, If you talked about alternative fuels in marine landscape, it was only LNG mentioned at that time. And it was only about sulfur, and we were totally couldn't understand why carbon was not being mentioned, as aviation was all about carbon and did, this is, this has strengthened our belief that uh marine in the end would follow aviation in its carbon footsteps and we we started getting a more dedicated proposition for the marine world uh, which initially was called sea energy the sort of sort of sister company of sky energy but uh, turned out someone else had the name and uh didn't like us uh, that we were using that name and we had to think of another name and this is where good fuels was born Excellent. and that's
0: how we started thanks a lot for this intro and it's uh, quite a quite an amazing story actually in itself uh, i like this uh, transition sustainable aviation fuel marine fuel and uh, and and how it went about now kind of a, on a higher level what are your plans for the next few years for good fuels we'll dig into it deeper later on but just just to give us a little bit of a, uh a, an intro for the next few years uh, regarding your plans. Yeah, obviously we are a super ambitious company. We've always
1: been that from the start. Um and uh yeah, obviously we we're one of the market leaders uh in the uh, we are the pioneer, we are the the company that almost I think we founded this 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 this, this, this new industry. Um and obviously, we want to keep that role for as long as possible, but acknowledging the fact that yeah, we, uh, we now see also big oil stepping into this market as well with, of course, tremendous firepower. Mm. Um, so uh, some of that firepower we can match, some of them we can't. That means right. we have to think of our own new role in that new landscape. And yeah, we, we think that uh, we, we, we don't necessarily... Want to be the biggest in volume, but we want to be the best. But also on our side, of course, we want to be. We want to reach one million ton in three, four years from now. But that is basically our first goal. And
0: presently, you're supplying how much to give us an idea?
1: Well, let's say
0: tens of thousands of tons
1: but not uh, hundred thousand ton yet which is right. uh, so it's got
0: to be a more than 10x growth uh, that you're you're yeah. you're pushing Okay, yeah. excellent yeah. 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 and and so we you, you addressed already the, the current biofuels landscape uh, you mentioned the, the majors are also stepping in now in in are you seeing um, much competition in terms of of uh, supply and price especially the price side because yeah you were one of the the first companies in that in that field so not that many competitors and prices well you were the market essentially uh how about now
1: well uh yes uh, i would say particularly uh one or two majors are stepping in very aggressively Uh, so yes there is price competition but as it still is a new arena which involves a lot of knowledge know-how on on several fronts it is also not easy to completely copy it from scratch and this is uh, we typically see big oil being active also on the big containers shipping companies because they need the big volumes to to be competitive whereas we are much more active in in all the other segments in the industry right and um yeah uh, and and we also specialize in 100 percent biofuel whereas the big oil majors like to sell a blend
0: mm.
1: Mm. we also sell, sell a blends don't don't get it don't get me wrong but i think we're, we're one of the few ones that can actually also sell uh, a b100 product and so our clients tend to be on the top of the sustainability mark often also in combination with our good shipping program targeting cargo owners so in that combination we are we are most active
0: Thanks for this. Um, yeah. And um, y- y- of course, what uh, sort of guides the the the, the price is uh, the ability to source uh, the feedstocks. Um, can you can you give us a bit of an idea of uh, you know do, do, are you facing challenges in sourcing feedstocks now? And and uh, and since actually you were from the sustainable aviation fuel side, or you have uh, extensive experience. Um, you, Break, break down for us a little bit the the, the competitive nature for sourcing feedstocks with uh, the road fuel side that needs uh, some of it to meet the the very stringent uh, regulations um, and then the, the booming sustainable aviation fuel industry. There is there is a bit of a war for for sourcing those feedstock. Um, do you find any issues doing that?
1: Obviously, yes.
0: I think uh, the The landscape
1: in this industry will very much move from a demand play to a supply play. The war for feedstock will be huge from all sides, uh, aviation, uh, roads, but also the biochemical industry, marine. Everyone is looking for the required feedstock. Where we, however, see a lot of synergy is that in a next-gen biorefinery, to put it a little bit simple, the good stuff will go to the high quality stuff will go to aviation and the obviously on the marine side uh, the, the 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 lesser quality cuts can can go in there and uh, i think that is uh, so it's not all 100% competition there there's also uh, synergies like you would have in a normal refinery at the right. same time Uh, We we built this uh, we we built this industry on used cooking oil for most uh, It's a very sustainable feedstock, but everyone can also uh, easily conclude that it's this is not uh, The the scalability silver bullet. We have to find new feedstock that uh, can bring us to millions and millions of tons In order to really make an impact in this in this marine industry right
0: Right. And um, in terms of uh, going back to to the price, um, because obviously uh, biomarine fuels provide advantages than fossil fuels um, uh, don't have. Right. Like uh, uh, CO2 reductions and and also meets um, the IMO 2020 uh, cap. So there is a price according to that for sure. Uh, But in terms of its relatively high price, is that a problem? for scaling your business you mentioned a million tons down you know a few years from now is that an impediment the, the relatively high price or you think there's still demand for it at this relatively high price well that that is a good question first of all uh, let's talk about the price
1: because certain geographies in the world provide aggressive incentives which helps us to compete with fossil fuel uh, although of course it doesn't help that due to corona Fossil base price has been going down so low, but let's say in this is also also the reason why we are only active in certain geographies in the world because these incentives provide such a huge bridge in bridging the gap with with fossil that uh, it almost it's almost uh, completely it doesn't make sense for us for instance to be operating currently in Singapore, which is weird because it's one of the biggest uh, marine fuel hubs in the world but Singapore doesn't provide any biofuel incentives. Yeah, that means that there is no point for us being there. So that is a very important starting point, the the incentives, which you can basically find in Europe and uh, in some parts of uh, North America, uh, the Nordics, of course, but that's about it. So currently biofuel is limited to, the biofuel opportunity is limited to those areas right that provides some kind of incentive yeah you. now that doesn't have to be a problem of course because the beauty of biofuel as well is that you can switch very easily the, the, the molecules are totally interchangeable with fossil so one of mm-hmm. our clients could do a sustainable project in norway and then when when the same vessel is going to africa switch back to fossil i mean mm-hmm. that is a huge advantage versus for instance lng mm-hmm. yeah
0: right no retrofit needed, drop in fuel. Yeah, drop that's in right. fuel.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the market is more about, okay, where to put in those mild bio, those, those biomolecules at the best cost. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's also what we typically do for our cargo owners, like IKEA and uh, beer companies or uh, anything you can think of where we say, okay, what is the best place to uh, replace as much fossil fuel as we can for them at the best price
0: mm-hmm. so so regulations definitely a a key component into um developing this this uh alternative marine fuel market. Uh, yeah let also have to step in and yeah. and 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 uh, regarding regulations um how do you think shipping is going to reach its uh, decarbonization targets? So we hear IMO 2030, IMO 2050, CO2 redu- reductions, and then later on um, GHG 50% reduction and full decarbonization by the end of the century. Um, give me your, your your insight and your thoughts regarding uh, what's been done on the regulation level and, and what needs to be done more uh, to, to get there.
1: Yeah, Sure. Well, my point of view is is quite simple on that. Uh, First of all, uh, we think biofuel in the foreseeable future future is going to be one of the most effective instruments to really uh, make impact. But at the same time, long term, it's also not the silver bullet for the entire industry. We obviously need all solutions we can get in order to uh, get rid of fossil fuel and in order to get there, I think, yeah, local mandates for sustainable fuel are necessary. Ideally, of course, you want to do this directly on IMO level. But we are a little bit skeptical that that is going to happen, uh, given all the diff- the various stakeholders here. I think what's going to happen is that the EU, uh, Nordics, uh, maybe Canada are going to uh, announce for certain regions a, a certain blending mandate or a certain uh, CO2 portion that needs to be met in order to do business there That is of course very tricky because uh, you can imagine the Port of Rotterdam doesn't want to lose any competitive position versus Singapore on uh, Being uh, having to enable more expensive fuel, but if you do it on a, on a continent basis or you do it with a few countries, I think this is where where we're going to see the acceleration. And, and that's also where how we think that energy transition will take place. It's going to be locally-led incentive programs combined with new technologies kicking in, kicking in, uh, which will push out uh, fossil fuel at some point, combined also with carbon taxes because also these same geographies will put levies on carbon, high carbon fuels. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that, that I think uh, is going to, uh, and, and, and then, for instance, if you look at the scenarios laid out by, for instance, someone like Tristan Smith, you, you, you see very much in 2050 how the world will use uh, ammonia, methanol, biofuels in combination.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, so, so it looks like it's going to be more uh, region by region, right? Your yeah. Point of view, instead of a global IMO yeah. mandate yeah. by because it seems I mean the the words in the street is by 2023 that the IMO will have some kind of at least like a a for the 2030 uh, mandate. But um, no, that's that that's very interesting to to hear it from you your your uh, your insights on this. Now uh, switching gear a little bit. Good shipping. Program The Good Shipping Program, it's it's, uh, it's there on the social media, like LinkedIn, uh, quite a big presence there. Um, Can you please tell us what it's all about and and, and the kind of collaborations you've had uh, uh, between Good Shipping Program and and, and other companies out there? Yeah, well, it's basically a concept which
1: we also took from aviation, uh, which we initially developed uh, in the aviation world. Uh, whereby airlines could not afford our expensive sustainable jet fuel versus fossil fuel. And we asked their clients to help us accelerate this development, And whereby we basically asked the clients of airlines to help fund the difference in price, uh, which became very successful. And it does for these type of clients two things. First of all, it, it of course, re- brings their net carbon for transport to zero but also it's an impact program. And we say this is better than a normal CO2 offset because you really, you truly help us come up with a structural solution for this industry to bring back carbon emissions. That same principle we translated from aviation to marine, whereby initially we were targeting uh, cargo owners from container shipping, Ikea's and Heineken's uh, of this world, Uh, BMWs, uh, car manufacturers later on, yeah, to to basically help us on the same principle. And then, of course, the business case becomes much stronger because if all the costs goes down to the transport company itself, the shipping company itself, it, it becomes a very tricky case. So we very much need the end client in there. And it even goes further. We're now working with a lot of forwarding companies whereby we actually bring it to the end client. Uh, so if you were booking... It, our, our goal is that if you're booking on Amazon.com a package and it's being shipped from, from China, that you could actually book it with a good shipping, small good shipping portion. Because uh, there there I think there's a very perverse side of shipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at uh, a pair of Nike trainers, cost of shipping nets carbon zero in a sustainable way is only... I think 10 cents. Uh, a cost for a bottle of beer is less than, I think, uh, a thousandth of one cent. I think all consumers would gladly want to pay for it. But for some reason, it's not in the cost supply chain. And, and, and yeah, mm. uh, if, if you currently bring it down to the, 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 the transport manager of a beer company,
0: yeah, he, he is, his target is to reduce the cost as much as he can. So you're, you're, you're saying here that you're going to put the, the consumer... Uh, in control of well, that choice in, in I in mean the ultimately end, that's your currently
1: we we're more uh, we're working uh, more on the b2b side right uh, by we let these cargo owners chip in as well
0: mm-hmm.
1: but ultimately I think it would be even stronger we we now have the first products in the supermarkets mm. that now contains the the good shipping label and mm. I think that is a super interesting development because in the end if you have the end client. Uh, that is, that is going to be key in, uh, in, in, in driving this. Uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, we, we're also very much a marketing company, not just a fuel company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty proud in the Netherlands, we became marketing company of the year mm-hmm. because we, 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 we have to use the power of branding and, and marketing also to, to, to get this tipping point rolling. Mm-hmm. And then that is where we also are quite different from from normal big
0: oil. Yeah, no, so yeah. it's it's a good uh, way of spreading the word out there. Um, in uh, let me just zoom back in on 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 the part uh, part of Rotterdam which you talked about. Um, they've they've recently uh, included biofuel sales in its um, uh, quarterly bunker sales report, uh, and that was the first time. It was in the first quarter of of this year. Um, and the biofuels bunker blends made up 2% of the combined residual fuel oil and distillate sales. Can, um, can we expect this percentage to increase in, in the coming quarters? And do you have any estimates?
1: Um, well, for sure, Rotterdam is currently the global biofuel hub of the world. Uh, that has to do with the fact, of course, that the Dutch government has is, is been leading in in coming up with strong incentives on biofuels for marine. Uh, Also, quite naturally, obviously, the the port plays an important role in the economy of uh, of the Netherlands. Transport plays an important role in the economy of the Netherlands. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I definitely expect that to grow. But I also expect, uh, due to the new European Renewable Energy Directive, that other ports around the port Rotterdam, like Hamburg and Antwerp, at some point are going to get similar uh, favorable regimes, and uh, yeah, uh, and that that positive development will spread. Right. On, on the two percent, to be honest, we are working closely with the port to get the data as accurate as possible. But uh, also the port currently admits that uh, we, uh, the data integrity is still not on the level where we want it to be. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, in all honesty, I'm not exactly sure if it's 2%. Uh, uh, you think it's uh, more or less? or you... Well, uh, I personally think it's, 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 it's currently slightly less. I think it's, it's more like 1%, but that's, that's more mm-hmm. a detailed thing. I think definitely 2030, it, it, could definitely be a lot higher than now
0: so you uh, i've heard figures of uh, and i don't know if it came from you but 10 15 yeah uh, 10 15 uh, is, is that is that, that uh, yeah that's
1: reasonable yeah, okay i think that's reasonable okay yeah.
0: um uh, and and actually sticking to, to to blends here but particularly to to biofuels blends um we mentioned it's a drop-in fuel right your your yeah. fuel think that it can be a uh, i guess a b100 that's the term um but what's the most common blend uh that you supply to ship owners these days is it like a a 20 30 percent blend less or more what what, what is it yeah.
1: if it's a blend it's indeed 20 or 30 percent
0: okay yeah okay good uh, good to know that's sort of but i of... think
1: uh, most of our deliveries are b hundreds
0: okay all right
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, well uh, just for the sake of time i think it's uh, le- let's uh, let's wrap it up with uh, one one final question um, is there well i leave it to you is there anything else that uh, we haven't addressed and that uh, you'd like to 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 say to our listeners
1: uh yeah I'm I'm personally, uh, I I think this is all about creating a tipping point in the fastest way possible. I'm not too fussed about on how that tipping point will actually happen. But my personal belief is that if we are waiting for global legislation to fall into place, it's going to be too slow. So we we need the local creativity of uh, shipping companies, port authorities, local governments help create that tipping point whereby everyone acknowledges i think that uh, no one wants to pay for gets the first mover hurt so we 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 have to find constructions whereby we can accelerating that tipping point without the downsides of it in that sense the opt-in legislation that the netherlands has invented for marine to get catalyzed this development i think is is very smart and i do hope that uh, countries like Germany and uh, Belgium, France, uh, are going to adapt the same analogy as well. And that aviation and marine will both be developed, if if it's up to us, at at the expense of road transport. Currently, most of biofuels are going into road transport vehicles. And uh, whereas we believe that that uh tra- that segment is more and more going electric and hydrogen and let's save the biofuels for those transport segments for which there is no short-term better solution and right. uh, i i think their smart policies uh driven by local authorities are going to be uh, the key here to to further accelerate this and next to uh, as big client big companies taking their responsibility uh, we're if you are Apple and uh, making uh, 100 billion a year in profits, then I think you 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 have to also uh, play a dominant role here uh, in, in accelerating these type of developments. And most of these companies are doing that. And I think that is also very necessary. And and then together, I think we we accelerate this industry, and hopefully we'll do it a lot quicker and faster than the IMO target for 2050. I think that's possible.
0: Yes, you no, know, it, yeah. it is, and uh, definitely you've been uh, a, a key player um, in in, uh, and and you're you're constantly voicing that. And uh, um, Dirk, th- thank you very much for your time. Uh, uh, very insightful, and uh, hopefully it wasn't uh, too much uh, too much uh, of your time, but uh, it, it was. Um, I mean, definitely, I think for the benefits of the the listeners here. So, thank you very much, Nick. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you.